Lord Burden Burden Holy Lord This is the story of America's bloodiest prison, told by the people who lived it, both inside and outside its gates. The brutal history as you've never heard it before. From its origin as a slave plantation to its gradual growth as the bloodiest maximum security prison in America. To those outside its gates, it's known as Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola. But to those who have spent time inside its gates, it's known as Bloody Angola. Come with us as we take you through the gates and give you a first-hand look at not only the stories of the stabbings, rapes, executions, escapes, and murders you won't find on any TV show or the internet, but also the murders, abductions, attacks, and hostage situations of the staff and their families, otherwise known by the convicts as free people. Bloody Angola is a comprehensive, no hold barred podcast that takes you on a journey through time from its inception as a slave plantation to America's largest maximum security prison, where 80% of its population will die inside the wire. Get mentally prepared. Sit back and listen as we cover these stories in detail in ways that you've never heard before from people that lived it, breathed it, and died with it. Bloody Angola. Warning, Bloody Angola is a podcast covering actual events and is intended for mature audiences. The subject matter discussed in no way reflects the personal opinions of the host or sponsors of this podcast. Thank you. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. Story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And y'all, Chase team members, uh, that's our affectionate term for our Patreon members. We thank you so much for your support. And we're hoping you're enjoying your commercial free, unedited, ep- early release episodes. And stay tuned at the end of today's show. We're going to give you your shout outs. Also, coming up this week, we'll have your first ever bonus episode of Bloody Angola. And today we have a special guest, right, Jim? We do. To my right. Uh, Miss Kelly Jennings, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am doing fantastic. And uh, just to give you all a little bit of a a history, we've known Kelly for quite a while. Yep. She's a pillar of the community here oh, in Livingston Lord. Parish. <laughs> <laughs> Pray for us. 
she's a teacher in Livingston Parish and has a pretty good history with law enforcement, especially uh, as it pertains to Angola. You were, you were, what would you classify yourself as? So when I was younger and I worked there, I was a classification officer. So formally, I guess you'd say ARDC specialist, but um, I was classification in the prison. Fantastic. And real quick, so um, I think you know this, Joan. I got to meet Kelly. I actually went and did a was fortunate enough and honored enough to go and be a guest speaker at one of her classes where she was teaching criminal justice. And her students were fire. I wish I'd had a teacher like her back in the day. And she also was instrumental in me doing my first ever live show. And she put the idea in my head for Real Life Real Crime. So there you go. So all you crew bash fans out there for Real Life Real Crime. This lady's responsible for it. That's who put it together. That's true. (laughs) Well, hey, when you see something that's awesome, don't you want to put it in a bottle and be like, ooh, we need more people to see this. You did it. You blew it up. Well, thank thank you for for doing it. I appreciate it. I don't even know if I ever said thank you. I I want to thank you for being here today. It means a lot No problem. Yeah, we're excited to have you. We promised you when – we're bringing you Bloody Angola. We're going to tell you everything, and, every, and each week would be different, right? And we're doing that, and Jim and I discussed it in depth. We believe that we need a professional besides myself that can come in and actually paint a picture of, of everything that's inside the gates in Angola, how it's laid out, and basically how it works. And, y'all, this is raw and unscripted. But Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong, you even used to give tour guides in Angola. Oh, yeah. they they. Uh, it was kind of funny. I wasn't expecting it, but I got an email one day. I was in the middle of working in the prison, and they're like, hey, we need someone to come do a tour real quick. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, great. I hope you'll find someone. And they were like, uh, no, ma'am, we'll see you at the front in about 15. For the listeners today, when you, when you take them inside, you're going to paint a picture for us, just like you're giving us a virtual tour angle yeah yeah so i I don't think people understand they just think of prison it's all one prison and and they have no idea yeah so you know when a lot of listeners i'm assuming watch um like investigation discovery or watch all these shows where you get to see inside the prison but what they're really seeing a lot of times is sometimes jails (laughs) and uh jail and prison are not the same thing I, i teach my students that right we've got um, a big difference between the two. But when you go to an all-male maximum security penitentiary like Angola, you're looking at like 20, 28,000 acres right. that this is spread out over. So, you know, think about a college campus. You know, locally we have LSU. I mean, think of an open, widespread college campus. It's all got to work together, but it's a big layout. It's a whole monster of its own. Yeah, you're right? driving you're literally getting in your car to drive from point A to point B during the day. Most people go to work and they're in a building. Right. You know, before we kind of go into what is Angola from just a vast standpoint of, of how it works inside of it. Uh, I want to give the listeners and viewers out there kind of a, your history on how you started at Angola. Now, one thing that intrigues me personally is that she's female and, 
You started at a very young age. I am, Jim. You are. (laughs) She is a female indeed. She she identifies as a female. She smells like a female. I I took a bath. What can I say? (laughs) So so you started at Angola at a very young age. You were 23? I was. I was 23. And, um, you know, I didn't just show up one day and be like, yo, let me in the door, you know. Right. It actually all started in college. And uh, I went to LSU. Go Tigers, right? Go Tigers. And I really... You know, when I when I started college, I didn't know what I was doing, as most people that go. Um, it was really my mama. Shout out to my mama. Hey, girl. Uh, my mom was really like, Kelly, what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, all you do is sit in your room and watch true crime, get a degree with it or, or you know, involve in it. And I was like, can I do that? And I was so stupid. So, yeah. So fast forward. I'm, I think I'm a senior in in uh, college, and I'm sitting in a truancy class, and the instructor, I remember her first name was Siobhan, a lovely lady, but she said, hey, I've got a friend coming. She's a warden. She's a warden, which really made me kind of perk up. I was like, really, a woman warden? You know, Um, but she's going to come and talk to y'all next class. So fast forward to the next class. In walks this T-tiny little five-foot-two Cutest little button of a woman walks in, and I'm like, look at this little popcorn fart, you know, walking in. And she's a warden, and um, her name was Kathy Fontenot. And that's, you know, Kathy, that started it all. And I was so impressed by her knowledge and her ability to communicate to us the importance of, you know, prisons and what we do there. And so I raised my hand because ever the one to talk, I had (laughs) questions, but my questions didn't really pertain to truancy. They pertain to, I want to know what you do. And what about this? And what about the rodeo that they hold? And she said, I tell you what, I'd really like to talk with you after class. So I was like, oh, yes, (laughs) ma'am. So I listened, but after class, I went up to her and started asking these questions. And she's like, I see a fire, you know, in your eyes. Why don't you come out there and I'll give you a personal tour? Wow. Now, before you went, before, you know, before you obviously worked there and did that tour, did you have an idea of what Angola was? Honestly, no. Gotcha. I did not. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know anything. I knew it was a big prison and I knew when I told my mama, Hey, I'm going up to Angola. She said, the hell you are. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, stand by. Like what? Why? And then she really was like, baby, that's prison. And and that's one of the reasons your knowledge is so important because just like you didn't understand, but you, you know, a base generalized opinion, I would say, right. That's what, I think most of our listeners have, unless they've worked inside a system, so invaluable you being here. This yeah, be yeah. and I'm glad to share because I want people to know. You know, I'm a teacher, right. and I think that's why the program I teach was so successful. They gave me a one-year pilot and said, sink or swim, and I'm going on, I think, year 14 or 15. Oh, it's a fire program. I, I it's, can test that. It's so sick, y'all. I'm so proud. The yeah. kids are, are awesome. Yeah, they are. I teach great kids. But, yeah, so my concept of prison was just that, hey, we lock people up. That was my concept, yeah. and I knew dangerous people get locked up. Yeah, but I had no idea of the history. Oh, or, absolutely not, and and the history is is amazing. So, you know, when you first – and I may get a few numbers wrong, okay, right. but I'm within reason. It, this was, what, uh, how many years ago? Yeah. Uh, so anything you say today that you get wrong, I, I do it all the time. Okay. It's not – you're intentionally getting wrong. right. Let's I mean, get that out there yeah. clear. So if y'all are working there now or something, and something's changed or whatever, yeah, I'm going back on a 15 year that's memory. Right, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's not even important. What's important is yeah. your memory. 
And so I remember, y'all, at the time, I drove a little two-seater BMW. I thought I was something. Like, here, I'm going to prison. I'm going to drive up here. So um, I know, you know, you're driving to St. Francisville, and then you take a left on Angola Road. And it's, uh, like, 23 miles or something, 27 miles. I don't know. You're driving a long way. And and it's kind of interesting because the longer you drive and the more the woods kind of start filling in, you're like, dang, I'm going Back by the then, you were driving the new highway. When I used to drive it, it was really curvy up through the Tunica Hills. It took like 45 minutes when you turn off Highway 61 to get to the gate. No way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was advanced when I got there. I, know, I, got, right? I got that gravel. I didn't have a gravel road. You know, I remember bebopping along, and I've, then I pull up, y'all. And, he, and it's the first time experience is something you don't forget because you're in the middle of the woods, and then the woods open up, and I can see it now. And boom, there's this huge gate um, that goes up like an archway type almost, and there's a booth in the middle that you can't get through with arms. And then um, welcome to Louisiana, you know, Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola, and it's on a on a brick sign, and it's usually got really nice. Um, flowers believe yeah, it or it's, not it's, it's really well kept it's well kept you know that's shout a, out inmate you're doing right. a great comics job on that, and, and, <laughs> on that horticulture that's you right know? Uh, the, that's probably a class yeah i mean or it, it's a job right, right. you know so it's definitely better, a job better get it right yeah. Yeah. so the department of corrections when they sent you uh, how many years at hard labor guess what they mean you're gonna or you're gonna work if you don't work you're gonna lay down in the cell block oh uh, absolutely and you're in the whole yeah. uh, religion and church is an option Work is not. Yeah. And maybe we should make that be um, society's plan, too, yeah, right? Let's all go to nice, work. Right? Yeah, you know? Some of them, I know this, if you watch, and I'll tell the, uh, the listeners, if you've never seen this before, you can find it and, and stream it online, but... Um, uh, Angola the farm if you really want to see this and breathe it and understand what we're telling you y'all should go watch the farm because um, that's what Angola's called that's the, the the term there is the farm you know and you'll see um, there's this one inmate and I actually worked I was his classification officer for a while but um, he's working the fields which is an entry-level job for inmates and the interviewer says you know have you ever you know picked crops before as a job and he said man I never had a job in my life y'all he was 29 30 years old right Kind of lends itself to the demographic yeah. of lack of education and lack of work ethic, I guess. Yeah. I guarantee he got it when, when he yeah. got there. He learned it. Right. You know? he learned, <laughs> learned behavior. Yeah. But you, so you pull up to those gates and then you're kind of a little apprehensive, you know, before you even get in the gates, though, right outside of the gates to the right, there's actually a museum that has really cool um, history in there, a lot of things. And we might could go through that another, you know, later on. I don't want to. Start now with it, but a lot of cool things that are actually um, started at Angola that are known almost worldwide today. Um, but you can go in there and you can tour that museum and 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 get you know their books and CDs. And they also have an an inmate worker in there, which is kind of interesting. I want to point this out: it's outside of the gates. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a trustee, right. so every day his job he goes outside of the gates of the prison. Yeah. So they can't get trustee status, I think, until at least after ten years. Yep. 10 years yeah. and that and that guy who's in that uh museum i bet you he's been down a lot he's been down that. probably 25 yeah, years you know because they know he's not going anywhere <laughs> yeah. yeah and you're not gonna get very far if you do because right. remember right. i just drove all that mileage it's through those woods tunica hills yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not getting anywhere so um i pulled up to the gate the very first time they asked my name um and you know there's two usually two guards in the little uh, we say they're not guards correct they're correctional officers right. there's a difference between a guard you know and a correctional officer so they're, they're officers. But so before you go any yeah. further, what's the difference? 
I think professionalism is something that really is taken for granted. Um, and you, when you think, secu- I don't want to put anybody down, that, that we need security in different facets of life, but prison is not a security guard. A security guard sits, to, to me, sits out front of a, a club and is a bouncer and protect, you know, and, and gets the idiots out of there. Um, when for you, these private security firms provi- and guard banks. Yeah, and they need like that. that. And I'm not downing anybody who does that job. But when you go behind the gates of a prison setting, you are a correctional officer. You are not... Um, waiting for the bad guy to come through the door. You're going through the door to the bad guy. Right. It's a profession. That's a great way to put that. Yeah, it's, it's a profession. That and that's something that I think, and I don't want to get off on society, but, yeah. you know, we if we want our prison systems to run well, we need to make sure that we have applicants that are qualified and that can do the job. And how do you attract somebody to work at Angola, that bar out, and, and to get inside that world or whatever I mean? The pay and twelve dollars an hour, exactly, eleven dollars exactly. an hour. So you're they're way off the mark on that. Uh, right, obviously. and so you know that's something that you know is a whole different discussion. Right. But you know <clears throat> when you go in there, you know I don't want to make it seem like you're getting beat up every day or anything, but it's a different animal. You have the potential. You have the potential die. for harm. Right, um, and I like to think of it like um, orange juice. Okay. Hear me out. You know, when you go buy orange juice and you're drinking it, or you can go to the freezer section and you get the concentrate. Mm-hmm. All right. Angola is the concentrate. You don't have your petty thieves. You don't have yeah. your um, kids who flashed out and acted out and they, they, they're in there for, for a little while. You've got murder, rape, rob, uh, armed robbery, or habitual offender. The, this, the most serious. And generally, yeah. the, um, you don't get sentenced unless you get like 80 years or more yeah. in licenses now, and stuff like that. Right. And I know today um, they have, and we'll talk about the different camps, but they have a Camp C. And last that I was updated, they do have some shorter term guys that they're trying to do reentry back out into, you know, the free world as we call it. But for sure, when I was there, that wasn't happening. Right. You were there a while. You weren't. You weren't. Yeah. Going home. You're not there for going to, going to church on Sunday. No. Yeah. You you popped a cap. Yeah, somebody, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody died. <laughs> Blood was yeah. probably shed. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you, you come through that gate after they do their their security um, check at the front. You do um, some license checks. Background checks have already been done on people before you're even allowed back. Um, as far as like NCIC or running to see if you have a criminal record, they're not going to let anyone, just anyone through those gates. Um, we need to know where you're going, why you're going, who are you visiting, and, you know, you're not a victim, potential potential victim right. that is coming to see somebody and cause trouble. There's a lot right. more to it right. than just visiting. But um, you come through that gate, and immediately to your right, I want you to think of a really large building. I think it was two-story at the time. Lots of um, – it looks like an office building, though. Um, it doesn't look like prison. It looks like you're just going up to an administrative building, and then there's going to be your warden one, your top warden. At the time, it was Burl Kane. Um, and a lot of administrative – very important people who are making that system flow, who are making it. They may not be in the camps, so to speak, but they are making that system run. Um, right, kind of like a beehive, you know. The vital you've got the part. Vital, uh, vital uh, part. I would imagine it's very important in that type of setting, in a prison setting, that everybody not only know their role, have their role, but it functions in a way that everybody is responsible for something. Yeah. And so when you go through that gates and, you know, you as a 23-year-old, at some point it had to hit you that, yeah. oh, my gosh, I'm behind the wire. Yeah. I, right? I can actually tell you the exact moment it hit me. Yeah. 
if you want. Love it. Share it. Viewer discretion is advised. (laughs) So, um, Warden Fontenot, she did come get me and um, took me, drove me around and kind of showed me. Um, The moment it hit me, though, that this wasn't a joke, we went back to, it was called Camp um, F at the time. And she's like, we're going to just walk in and we're going to go, we're going to go, I'll show you some inmates and show you kind of how they live. And I said, we're going to walk in. I don't know what I thought. What are you going to do? Put me in a vest or something? But she's like, well, yeah, we're going to walk in. Got no firearms or nothing. Yeah, like, where am I I security? She's it, my little little friend here. But uh, we walked through, and it stunned me. It literally stunned me that it's not cell blocks. They're not locked up. It is a little city of inmates going about. Explain that. Yeah, and so... I don't want like you know my size to be part of it. I'm an average female. I mean, I'm five foot four at the time. Don't judge me now. Um, but at the time, I was rocking maybe 120 pounds. And there's men, but these are men. You know what I'm saying? Some of these guys are are six foot six. Look like they're in the NFL. Probably could have been in the right. NFL. Yeah, prison muscle. muscle. Yeah, yeah, and they walk past you and they're like morning. You're like good morning mm. to you. <laughs> and I'm not saying anything else about it. You know, like I was kind of dumbfounded. But we walk into the camp. So when you when you first walk into a to this dorm, if you will, um, you know, we have cell blocks and then they. Have- you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Have dorms. Dorms are exactly what you think. It's a big open area. It's metal on metal, very stale environment. When you walk through the door, you're immediately hit by steam. You know what I'm talking about, It doesn't even smell the same, does it? And I can smell it. The the air doesn't even taste the same. No. Yeah, you can smell it. I I know the smell today. Um, But you're hit with steam, and I'm like, WTF, you know? And what I realized was that the showers um, were right there. Mm. I just walked in to men showering. Um, what? Excuse me. <laughs> you know, and we You're just, not in Kansas anymore. No, and I almost <laughs> felt like I was violating them. And I, I shouldn't have the, I don't want to call it a privilege. I didn't want to see what I saw, but <laughs> sorry. Like I just walked in. Y'all, it's the most shocking thing. It's the most jarring thing when you walk in and, and, and the showers are right there and there's men showering. And, and did it, they cover themselves when you walked No, there's in? like a little half wall. Yeah. There is a privacy wall, uh, but it still doesn't undo the sting of, Wow, you're in a private moment. And the reason it's open so that these the COs on the dorms can see what's going yes. on. And in the, in the usually the showers are right behind their desk. At, uh, right there. Someone's watching you. Right. Someone's watching you. And some some weird, you, you know, uh, prison terminology. Not necessarily in in the um, shower, but you know, if you're in the cut, you know, you're mm-hmm. you're in a spot, right? You're a little mm-hmm. cutout where where you're not seen, and that's where kind of the it gets real dark. And there's that's, right. that's where the private moments. <laughs> yes, private yeah. moments. Um, and so, but no, that that struck me. That really struck me as wow, we're not we're not playing anymore. Like they're showering. So dormitories, the so the listeners, I want you paint it for them. You walk in, it's rows of beds. Rows of beds with foot lockers on the base of them. And y'all, this is a much cheaper alternative than building an actual cell. Yeah. And not, not only 
not everybody needs to be housed in a cell. True. Once they're inside the wire, uh, uh, they're dependent and used to do this, right? Yeah. This classification yeah. officer. Uh, it's not what they did outside. It's how they act inside. Right. And you walk in this dormitory, that's a cost-effective way, not only from a cell cost standpoint, but from the standpoint of who has to watch them. And, and the, 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 you know, the, usually two per dorm COs watching the whole area, that's cost effective. Yeah. Manpower is limited. Oh, always. Manpower is limited in any, in any facet of yeah. society. But yeah, so they're there, they're sitting at a desk. Think of a teacher's desk. You know, they're just sitting mm-hmm. there. They're kind of watching anytime there's movement from in or out of the, of the dorm, they're going to be logging that. Cause That's we right. have to keep track of everybody. Right. And usually the, their desk or, or, Somewhat raised up. Yeah, you got to be able to see. They said they can overlook at everything, including looking over the shoulder into the shower. Yeah, and I'll tell you the count. So this is obviously not going to be the same, but when I was there, the last thing I looked, there's 5,183 inmates, and there was 1,200-ish personnel. Tell me. Total. Tell us about the count. And that yeah, counts, hard so, counts, soft counts. I know it's getting off subject, but I, no, listeners okay. don't know they, they, That's they don't, okay. They, they don't I know. never had to do count, so I'm going to be right. – because my job was not to do count. But count is done periodically, every so often, and count is basically we need to see you. We need to make sure that you are where you're supposed to be because we're looking again at all these thousands of acres. Once you get going, let's say you did get out of the gates or out of your exactly. area. I mean, yeah. you got – that's a lot of time and a lot of motion, right. and, and we need it, to know where you are. And if you did, if you did happen to get out of your area, we need to know quickly. And how often are these counts done? Was it every thirty minutes? It, it no, depends it's, it's on every, where you were. It's, every it's, hour. It's, it's soft counts, uh, and I'm sure it's changed by yeah. now. But soft counts are done at, um, at least every hour. Then the, 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 the hard counts are where everybody has to freeze. And, and nobody can move until the count clears. Right. So when they count, like you're feeling the dorm, you count. Uh, may have 50 inmates going to work or whatever, and you count however many you have there, you have to call it in. Wherever those inmates are at work at, those people that are watching them call it in. And Mm -hmm. all that count goes to the ready room, the headquarters, whatever you're going to call it, and that has to clear. So, it must clear. It must it's not clear. like, it oh, little, you know, uh, Ray Ray was, he's going to be right nobody back. Nobody moves if no. the count doesn't clear. And, and then if it doesn't clear, it's a real the Real deal, because, uh, and we'll get into jobs later, I'm sure, but, you know, we do have a job called, or we did have a job called Roadwalker. Right. And basically their job was to walk the roads and, I, you know, pick up track, whatever they did. But they're not supervised. There's not right. an officer walking with them mm-hmm. everywhere they go. They're actually out walking unsupervised. Right. And so they have to be accounted for right. You know, and you have stick outs as I remember them That's being right. called. And right. it, people are at the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the prison, we Go have on the hospital. court, uh, whatever it may be. Yeah. So yeah. Counts got to clear. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's an important job. That's, what they do. I, that really, that's the reason they're there. Yeah. The, the, the Department of Corrections job is is to protect society from these people while they are sent to the Department of Corrections. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, you know, it's not our job to punish them. Nope. That's it's one. not our job to um, be mean, if you will. It's yeah. not your job. You're just quartering them. You're housing that's them. It. And we have to make sure that if the state says, hey, you're behind bars and you're not to leave – we got to be accountable it. for it. We're, yeah, you're accountable for it. And so that leads into the fact of, too, you know, being firm but fair was something I was always taught, mm-hmm. even in law enforcement, because I am I'm a commissioned deputy, too. But, right. um, you know, firm but fair. And you need to treat people with respect and you better know your role, because going back to walking through at five foot four and at the time, 120 pounds, he's six foot six and three fifty. 
He'll knock your block off the, if he feels like it. The only thing stopping you from being murdered or raped is the respect. Yep. That, that was obviously established by people who came before you. Yes. But the, and I'm sure as your career went on, you got your own level of respect. Absolutely. It, and that goes not only for the free people, but for the inmates. Yeah. Respect yep. all around. Because they're going to try you. Oh, yeah. They're going to play the games. Oh, yeah. They're going to see what they can get away with and what they can't. Human nature. Human, Yeah. And it's hard. Y'all, when you're a 23-year-old female, and if I have any you know, young girls listening to what I'm telling you, it's not that you can't do it, but it's, there's no replacement for experience. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in middle-class America. I went to private school and elementary school. I did go to public high school. Um, when I saw a fight in high school, I was like, whoa, you know, this is different. Um, and when someone, you know, MFs you, or wants to get crazy with you, I don't know that I was prepared with what comes next because a badge does nothing for you. Right. It just identifies you. Badge won't stop you from getting raped or your ass whipped. No. And I will tell you that that was a, um, you know, I I worked for a lot of good men out there and women and, you know, they, they were wanting to be respectful and no one wanted to come up to you and be like, Hey, um, Hey little girl. You know, they might want to rape you, but, um, you know, it's a very real threat. We're not walking around with weapons. Right. No one has a weapon behind bars. I mean, all they have to do is jump on you and take it from you, and then we lose. So I'm literally walking around in work clothes. Yes, and that was something that when Woody and I first started Bloody Angola, one of the biggest questions we got asked from people was they did not realize that there was no freeze plus P. No. You don't get no. any of that. You don't have a nightstick. It's not like the movies, uh, you know, Shawshank Redemption, where he had the nightstick all the time. He's going to thump no. you. It's it's basically just you. And and, and that's where your mouthpiece uh, comes in handy, that you need to learn verbal judo is what yeah. I would call it. Yeah. You know, there's the, the, the sandwich. You be nice, not so nice, and then nice again. You treat people with respect until it's time that they want to play stupid. But I'm not handling stupid. All I got to do is radio. Right. And then the cavalry will come to help me. But, y'all, someone can kill you in three seconds. They really can. Um, you have to learn in this lifetime how to speak to people. Or rape you. Yeah. I mean, uh, pull you, one of them corners you're talking yeah. about, the blind spots. Yeah. Pull you behind I there mean, it's, it's, not un, it's not unheard of. I worked with a lady that was in the kitchen, um, free lady that was overseeing the kitchen. Y'all, she had a scar right here. She what a G, by the way. I don't remember her name, but what a freaking <laughs> G. Um, she had gotten her throat cut by an inmate working in the kitchen. Wow. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, her daughter even came to work for the prison. And I'm like, you got your throat cut and you're still working? And for that inmate, they probably had several licenses anyway, right? How many licenses yeah. can you get? Yeah, you can't get blood that, from a turnip. Exactly. I mean, what? I've got nothing to lose, you know. And right. so I do remember one time uh, there was one warden um, called me in his office. I don't quite remember his name. I should. I'm sorry. But um, he handed me a whistle and I looked at it. I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a whistle. Do, 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 do. Help me. You know, that doesn't work. And he's like, no, I'm serious. He said, I'd like you to wear this around your neck. Yeah. And he just stared at me. <laughs> you know, it was this awkward stare. And I was like, oh. They guarantee you that whistle didn't come to fruition by yeah. chance. 
no. it happened to somebody else, and they were like, mm, "What's the best way they can get that we could help her?" They didn't have a radio and or a beeper, or a, a pager, or whatever. Let me tell you this too. This might blow them. This blew my mind. Yeah. All right. So you have to take a test before you're hired, kind of like a basic English test. Also, uh, like WWJD, what would you do? You know, yeah. um, in these situations, to see do you have common sense? Would you make good decisions? Mm-hmm. And so I passed the test. I did really well. But um, then you have to sign off on things like they do not negotiate. That's right. They will not negotiate for you. If, if there is a riot, they will not negotiate. You have to initial agree. Okay. All right. But I put like it was like, yes, no. And I'm ad libbing this, but it was basically, are you OK with <laughs> are you OK with bodily uh, fluids getting on you? And I wrote no. So they go to come down to getting hired, and they're like, "Look, we can't hire you." And I right. was like, "Why? You know why?" Well, you marked no to having bodily fluids thrown on me. I'm like, "Do, <laughs> do people mark yes?" Yeah, that's yeah. weird. And they were like, "You have to put because you, I'm you, fine with that. I'm, no problem. Well, that could come in a, a variety of forms. Most of the, the, the biggest one is <laughs> is well, that one too. The biggest one is gassing. Oh, is when you walk down a tier and they save up the piss and the shit to throw on you. Uh, as as I live a way that. of bucking up. So I they, live, there you go. Yeah, I was at Camp D. Uh, yeah, and um, I did not get hit with it, thank God. I think I would have met Jesus. I would have died yeah. if someone would have thrown a bag of crap on me. But, no, I walked in. You have to sign in. I was going to run some – some um, go talk to some inmates that were in um, on tiers. And, and I want to tell you this. When you think of walking into a camp – I guess we could get to this real quick. Yeah. Very stale, very metal-on-metal metal environment. Everything was no air, No air flow. No air condition. So when people are like, it's hot. Okay, we'll put on dress clothes and boots and go walk around tears all day. I'll tell you that. Um, But when you walk in, I had to sign in everywhere you go, right? Because they keep track of where you are. What if you went missing? Right. Where was she? That's a real deal. Yeah. Um, So I walk in, I sign in, and then I turn. It's almost like think about a star, if you will, Um, a circle in the middle. That's where you got people running the show, you know, your your COs and control center. And then it's like these the tears stick out of it and you go down, I think it's maybe 12, 10, 12 cells and you go down and, and you can talk to your inmates. So I was going to meet one to do some paperwork with and I, that door opened and I went to sign in and I can, I'll be damned the smell that hit me. And I'm like, what is that? You know, it was me. Oh my God. Did someone die? This is a smell I have not encountered in my lifetime. And the CEO standing there just shook his head. He's like, yeah, they, they gassed him. It got him good. And yeah. this is what had happened. So I walk and I look down the tier. And there's They have two TVs, old school. We're not talking flat screens or thing. And they're kind of mounted up on the wall so that inmates could watch TV if they wanted to, if they had a good angle. You know, right. uh, There is crap splattered on the TV, on the floor, on the walls. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do this. This is not for me. But... I did have to tiptoe down there to do my job and tiptoe back. But two inmates, right? They're not they're next to each other in a cell. They can't see each other because there's right. a cinder block wall separating right. them. So, so what, they're face down and they all they can see is the TVs and, and window wall yeah. that are covered up. So mo- most people don't get that. In the movies, they show you cells across from cells. It's not like no, that. Absolutely not. And there's a million reasons why that would be right. terrible. Right. But yeah, they're looking at a, at a concrete wall and the TVs, like you said. But um, they can't see one another. They can mm-hmm. pass things past. Kites, kites, which are, which are yeah. you know, messages or whatever. But they got pissed off at each other. And so what they do, let's say you get canteen. Let's say you get it, and it comes in a plastic bag. What they're going to do is they're going to poop in the bag, and then they're going to pee in the bag, and they're going to twist it up real nice, and they're going to hide it in their cell and let it ferment. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. for days. And then, and then, and he, then what this inmate had done was he took it and he dumped it into a paper bag that he had, let it get kind of soft, and then he stuck his hand out and he slung it. And when it ripped, everybody got sprayed. Oh, that was in no. the. That's so disgusting. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, oh, oh right. Kelly and a moth club. Oh my God! Thanks, Clark. You know? oh, <laughs> so, and I know y'all know this, but for the benefit of the listeners out there that may be unaware, feces is a real weapon oh, in yeah. Angola. And to tell you another thing that they did, listeners out there, uh, they would actually make darts out of. Feces, like a pen, yeah, blow dart, it, a blow dart, exactly. And what they would do is they would, uh, it would be like a poison dart mm-hmm. because it would actually be feces uh, that or they would HIV. let sit or, or hepatitis. HIV or hepatitis, whatever. Again, the and the guards would walk by and they would shoot it like a blowgun and shoot it into those guards' legs or whatever. Um, do the same thing with inmates. But the dart would go in. It wouldn't necessarily probably hurt that bad. But now you've got – you've literally poisoned your blood. Yeah, your you've got a problem. And then they have to get tested because I had to do this, uh, get tested for AIDS and, and herpes, hey, whatever, uh, everything for however many months afterwards. Because you don't even know. Yeah. If you're going to get it right could then, be, it, yeah. it can oh show up. Yeah. And then HIPAA. TB, HIPAA. HIPAA yeah. I mean, yeah. it's almost like it's a, it's a risk of the job, but then you don't get the benefit of knowing what might have happened to you right. because of HIPAA, right. you know. Right. And right. Um, there's a high um, – and, again, I don't represent anyone when I'm saying this, but, you know, hepatitis is real. It's a communicable disease, and, a and they're in big a – deal in the prison. Yeah, it's a huge deal in, in prison, and HIV is real. I remember then the test for it and, and leaving a knot on my arm. They test, yeah. test you for the hepatitis. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, also, like inmates that work in the kitchen, you know, that was part of our, our process too was that you had to be cleared to work in the kitchen because food can also be used as a weapon because if you're infected with something and then you go contaminate food and then we feed that to everybody. Great point. Another right. problem. So, yeah. you know – it's a lot more than just feed them, clothe them, give them a bed. Mm-hmm. We are also entrusted with their care. And whether you like them or not, whether you want them, you know, whether you think they deserve it or not, the Constitution provides protections for all of us, um, even if after the fact it's a protection. And you have to follow through with that and treat these people, give them medical care. Right. Um, you they, know, you're, it's, you're responsible for them. Yeah. The Department of Corrections. Absolutely. Uh, the security, feeding them, housing them, medical care, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, if, they, if they get sick like and get the flu, yeah. absolutely. If they get sick and they get the flu, think about COVID, right? Oh, we yeah. shut down our whole country because we were afraid of a communicable disease. We'll put that in a prison setting where they can't leave. Mm-hmm. They don't have control over um, who they're laying um, next to in a uh, separately <laughs> um, in a bonk. COVID will take uh, the flu will take over a dorm in a heartbeat. Then your employees get sick, and we're already short staffed. Yeah, um, it's a lot. Yeah, you know, it's a lot to think about. Let's go back real quick to the layout of the prison. Yep. So you come in, uh, um, main prison, main main prison, yep. the administrative building where all your wardens in it. Yeah, people help you know run the show. Right. Then you go in. To, Tell them about main prison. Yeah, so when you walk in main prison, I want you to think of that as like um, – you, you have to – tell them how you get to the main prison. Yep, so you have to go down a long road, and it's actually an old airstrip. Fun story, shout out to my husband's um, grandfather. He's deceased, but he was a pilot, and he actually flew a plane in and had to land. Right. I don't remember exactly what he was doing, but he did land his uh, plane 
uh, on that airstrip. Yeah, they used to, um, my mom, when she was on the parole board for the state, they used to fly them in on this, on, uh, it was the most cost effective way to get yeah. around. Yeah. And why not? Right. So, but when you walk, you go way down that road and then you take your left and you walk through, like I said, there's a visitation, big cafeteria style room on the left to the right. There's, um, some parole board, uh, meeting rooms or there was, and then they have actually a radio station at Angola mm-hmm. and that's actually held right there. It's pretty neat. It's, yeah. it's really cool. It, so Angola has the radio station and they, they're, I think the only prison in the United States that has our own TV station. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, inmates that are, uh, in cells, if we have a big, like, or they have a big worship, um, at the prison, at the, um, church, or if they have a, a guest speaker come in to talk to the people, they do Put that out there for the inmates that might be locked up. Again, hope, giving something to look forward to, um, and that's put out there. But other than that, to get any further into the belly of the beast, um, there's a rule in prison. One door must shut before another may open. It's a that's security right. thing, right? That's so right. Um, there's a it's, it's a cage, right? And so you have to give your clearance, show who you are, that you're supposed to be there. The big metal gate will swing open. It's big, y'all, heavy, sturdy, solid. And then you go into the cage, Boom. You hear it shut behind you. hear it shut behind you. And I remember the first time it happened, and I thought, God. Yeah, man. I love how you said the belly of the beast. Oh, man. That's where it started. That is fire. But anyway, thank God I was able to get back out. But anyway, once that big cage door slammed shut, then she would unlock the other door, which would open, and then you step inside. And then that door would shut. So at this point... I want you to envision you're just walking through a door, but when you walk through that door, all of a sudden you are in chain link city. The wall, everything's a cage. Everywhere you go is a cage. So I'm walking down this long main, the wall, the main wall, right? Excuse me. The main wall going straight down. It's chain. It's, it's thick concrete. It's raised. If you look out to the sides again, chain link fencing, but it's grass. And there are inmates out into the scrap the yard, um, but it's a long walk, and so yeah. And y'all, that's why we refer to it as behind the wire. Mm-hmm. Angola is not a uh, gated cinder blocks all the way around like on on episode one. The walls that we did uh, that was cinder block all the way around, twelve feet tall. Uh, Angola is wire all, oh, yeah. all the way around, and, and one of the reasons, uh, main reasons for the 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 wire or the chain link on the main walk is, is so the guards and the towers can, you know, somebody can try to see in at all times. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it helps contain them too. Yeah. I mean, they certainly, if they had pliers and had the time and they could cut a hole through or whatever, then where are you going to go? Yeah. So the Constantino wire on the outside, get so, chased by the wolf dog so in, inside the, um, the, the main, Prison. Yeah. You're talking about the, where the main walk is on the outside of it. There is Constantino wire. There are. Oh, yeah. there, there are gun towers. Mo- there are, multiple. Right. Um, so there's the outside gate, and then there's an inner part, and then an inside gate. And so, um, I mean, you're not just gonna have to get through one gate, two gate, three right, gate. I mean, you're right, getting right. through multiple gates. Right. right. And, and then the, barbed wire. The, and the, the Constantino wire, which is razor wire, the yeah. more you get involved in, the more it cuts you up. And it's not just one row. It's rows and rows and rows of it. And then you generally a gate, uh, another fence behind that, more Constantino wire, and then you got your guard gun tower. Yeah, and then to add uh, you know, add a little more uh, suspense to that, I know when they did budget cuts a, lo- a while back, then they were like, well, we'll just put dogs between know, the fences. I you, that was after my time. And Jim showed me that. I was like, holy shit, yeah. I can't believe that. I'm like, dude. And they train these dogs to attack. 
I know. Yeah. You better be a gangster ready to meet your maker because you're going to get tore up from the floor. You know they hate those little dogs. <laughs> yeah, and let me tell you, these ain't regular dogs, folks. Mm-hmm. These are a breed that they breed with wolves. Yeah, so they, they call them wolf dogs. Literally, wolf dogs. So um, I don't know if you've ever had a wolf. If you get past the guards, you're still going to mess with the wolves, right? <laughs> Literally. Yeah, and I mean... It, yeah, and then generally, if you're getting your ass torn up by the wolves, then, you know, some guard's going to get, you know, notice the ruckus, right? You'll get the message yeah, at some yeah. point, you know. And those those wolves, when I was there, they had, um, and I don't mean to get off task here, yeah. but I would go visit. They had a, a dog area. Anyway, I would go visit because why not puppies, right? right, right. Um, <laughs> and I would walk up, and they had the big wolf, the, the, the 100% wolf, not That's a crazy. mixed breed. And that wolf would come out. And those eyes, all that head would drop yeah. in those eyes. And I'd be like, oh, hold on. Maybe I don't want a piece of you. We know what you were raised for. Yeah, huh? yeah. But anyway, so you're walking down. We're back on that main walk. And now um, there was a huge uh, church that was built um, off, I believe, Samaritan's Purse, I actually think is who funded that, if anyone cares. But uh, if I'm wrong, sorry, but I think that's what it was. But um, there's a huge church there, and that's the big main prison church where they have services and, um, you know, they have a lot of things that happen in there. Now, if you, t- if you go a little bit further down and you look to the right, they actually build, built a smaller church as well because church is happening in prison. You may not oh, want to participate. Yeah. Is that... You'll find Jesus <laughs> yeah, in prison. Yeah, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of jailhouse preachers, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got stories. Anyway, so then you keep walking down, and then you're going to come upon actual, um, again, these rows that stick out, go straight out, one on either side, and these are our cell blocks. These are our lockdown cell blocks. Now, you're in trouble if you're in a cell block for the most part. You have not acted right. Nobody's just thrown in a cell block um, like in the movies. Everyone's not slung in a cell block. I mean, you, you done messed up. A Ron, you know what I'm saying before you and, and it's it's either attacking a uh, attacking a correctional officer, uh, getting called a contraband, or raping someone, or fighting with weapons. Not not just regular fist fight. Yeah, right. I mean, you've done something yeah. to get there. So if you needed to see your main prison guys locked up there, you could go up and down A B C D mm-hmm. tier, and it's two stories. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe. Then when you go further down, um, from my memory, what camp. What this is not a, the main prison. This is main prison. Oh, that's main yeah, prison. so let's pl- let's pl- so it's not camp, Jack. This okay. is a huge camp. I mean, a huge main prison. There's a east side and there's a west side. We call the west side the wild side because when you first come into prison, a lot of times if you are not a high risk, uh, so to speak, within your concentrated orange juice that I was talking about, um, then you're getting put on the wild side. The east side was the calmer side. Your old timers, a lot of guys that have been down a long time, understand the rules of prison, right. and it was a little calmer Calm on that right, side. Right, yeah. But you walked in to these doors, and then you're in an enclosed building, and there's a library to your left, a law library. Um, they had classrooms over there where they would teach because a lot of these guys don't have an education. Mm-hmm. You can get your GED. You could actually go up and get a college degree mm-hmm. through the um, Baptist Theological Society um, is who it was through, if, if things have changed. I don't know. but um, So it was like classroom stuff going on there. And then you walked even deeper, and that's when you got another like main walk that went left to right. Right was your west side, and left was your east side. If you went to the right— and you started walking down. Now you're going to get a bunch of offsets, offsets that would come out, and off that offset would offset then be a buildings. bunch of yeah, walkways doors. and mill And yeah. I think that it was trees 
They were named yeah, yes. spruce, pine, pine. Uh, uh, whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll. Um, when you go to outer camps, which are not part of main prison, they're, again, get in a bus or a car, drive right. out to those. Um, camp D, which is where I did a lot of my work, too. Um, those were birds. You had raven, That's eagle, right. Right. all of that. If you went to Camp C, I think Alvin. it was wolf. Um, and it was at, uh, uh, animal names. Animal names, yeah. like wolf, whatever. And then Camp J... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. In just a few weeks, DraftKings Sportsbook will be live in Ohio. Right now, all new customers will receive $200 in free bets when you sign up today using code SWING. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-589-9966. 21 and over and physically present in Ohio. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per new customer. $200 issued as $825 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Ends first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Ohio. See terms and official rules at dkng.co slash OH. Was that fish? The I, I don't remember, but the Camp J, of course, is the notorious Camp yeah. J. So, and I work Camp J too. Closed now. So that's that. we've got, it's closed now. Yeah, they, yeah, they closed it, it but it was open when I was there. Yeah. So let's move to the west real quick. When you go to the west, the west side, that's also where the large chow hall is, or the, the cafeteria. Right. Um, when you would walk down into that cafeteria, I want you to envision again a big stale room gray walls, and there's not chairs and tables, though. This is prison, right? Anything could be used as a weapon or a riot tool. So you're going to have metal, maybe octagonal or circular um, tables that are welded to the ground, and then they had seats, again, welded to to that. Yes. And so part of my job, too, was like I would always go – I tried to be accessible to the inmates because it wasn't my job to judge them. It was my job to do my job. So I would go during child time and I would sit at a table with all the paperwork and different things we could talk about later. And they could come to me too, if they didn't have time to get to me Um, and I could help them there. Um, And then it's like a serving line at Piccadilly. You got inmates that are serving the food. You got inmates taking their trays, getting their food. You have inmates cleaning the trays when they're done. And then they have to go um, back out and, go wherever they're supposed to be and they have to be cleared. And every so often, every so far of a distance, um, there's another wall with a gate. So you're not going to get a straight shot down anywhere. Security checkpoints. Security checkpoints. So we can get through those gates. Um, If you went to the um, east side, it's kind of the same concept. Now, once you got to the east side, you would have like warden's offices that were on the different sides. Um, behind the warden's office, remember, think outdoorsy, okay? There's actually a, an entire uh, prison enterprise work camp behind there. Um, there was a, a license plate factory. So you may not know this, but you can brag to everybody. When you go outside and you look at your license plate in the state of Louisiana, that's inmate memorabilia. That's Angola. Yeah. Angola made. They made that for you. Yeah. So there you go. You have a piece of Angola right. with you if you didn't know that. 
but that's there was a, great. That's a great piece. Yeah. Thanks. There's a um, license plate factory where they're in there stamping out those license plates. There was a mattress factory um, where they're making the mattresses for, this isn't Serta. This is right. making the mattresses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, can see that green, the green plastic material yeah. and the lump of thing. Yeah. To put it into perspective, if you've ever ridden a school bus, think of that pleather mm, on a school bus. Right. It's exactly what it's like. Um, very in and they're making the mattresses for the prisons and the pill, uh, the little pillows right. and whatnot. And, and, and so the, all the dorms and every, all, all the ones that are housed there, they feed them there in the main camp. It's all cost effective also, yes. but they also go to work. They, they're not being transported out into the fields or whatever. This is all, uh, uh, its own functioning unit. Yes, if you will. it is. And so, and we want to do that too for minimum movement, minimum movement, right. making count, right. right. making sure we have people. If they do go to work in the fields, right, mm-hmm. doing picking crop, um, Main Prison is actually right in the center of all of the crops. And so they do what's called deucing it up, right? You, I want you to think you've got um, your officers on horseback. They do have their weapons because this is not church. This right. is prison. They're going to tell them to deuce it up, which means get into pairs of two. And you put your tool over your shoulder. And then we walk almost march style out to the fields. They do their job. Again, when we return, deuce it up, tool up. March back into the gate, right? And the ones the correctional officers are armed on the horse, and you got to think about the, the these inmates sign out these farming implements. Mm-hmm. The hell, those are weapons. I mean, sling blades. their hoes and sling blades and stuff like that. They, they got their hoes, y'all. The main camp, the uh, I guess we'll get into other camps later on. The main camp to sum it all up, it's just this monstrosity. It's huge, and uh, but there are. Different camps. There's, That's what other people yeah. don't understand. Yeah, and so then there's different camps. So um, also, real quick, in main prison, right outside of it, there's also what we – it's kind of like a hotel, if you want to call it that. Do not think like a real hotel. It's just a, a dorm building, but it's separate from the prison um, – the main prison uh, buildings, and that's actually a living quarters for officers that come in and do twelve-hour shifts, so that they can actually sleep overnight while they're doing their shift work. And commonly referred to as bachelor quarters. Bachelor yeah. quarters, and so they can um, also it kind of helps them out. Pack yeah. an overnight bag and have to right. travel back yeah, and forth. Yeah, it's, it's a long it's a, way, it's a, y'all. It's, it's big. A, it's a, All right, so then once you leave main prison. Uh, again, I want you to envision you're just looking out over fields and fields and fields, right? And it almost looks like a levee. The furthest out you look, it almost looks like a levee circling the prison. And within that levee, um, every so far out, there'll be an individual camp and their letters, camp A, B, C, D, E, F. A lot of those work shut down because of um, they're old and they, they don't serve the purpose anymore. Laws have changed, too, on how we house people. And so um, different camps it's not like in the movie. old time ago, maybe sex offenders would have been separated and put on their own pot or their own um, camp. camp. It wasn't quite like that anymore. I'm not going to say there weren't like areas that they might be kind of close together. I remember like Eagle One at one point right. was sex offenders. But um, they had to stop kind of doing that because sex offenders are on the totem pole of people that are not liked in prison, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, the number <laughs> and one. And so we didn't want to point them out. And make it obvious because then you're a target, target and you're, you might be inciting violence. But the different camps literally all look like each other. They are duplicates of each other. They're just spread out and they are much, much smaller. Maybe right. a, a quarter, maybe a even less size of main prison. Of the main prison. And those camps generally, for whatever reason, they serve their own purpose. There's a reason they're located so far away, security reason or whatever yeah. it may be. But you're talking 28,000, like the size of Manhattan. 
right? And and so driving between camps and camps and, I mean, the movement and everything. It has its own zip code. Right. That's right. It has its own. <laughs> it I does. Like it has its own. Um, it used to have its own post office. It does. Yeah. 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 And so, or did. Um, yeah. So, like, if you wrote a letter to Angola, you don't even have to put, you just put Angola and, and goes, it's going awesome. there. You don't have to put a zip code. I mean, they know where it's going. Um, but yeah, that was the different camps. The only the only camp that was the an easier camp, if you will, was Camp F when I was there. And y'all, that was your old timers, your but old fellas. That, I think that's where where we did our um, our basic training academy yes. was there. We actually lived in a dormitory yes. while we trained there. That's and, the uh, nap. And the trustees, the old timers, we we stayed inside the wire, slept inside their yeah. dormitory, and ate in their mess hall. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. You're going to live their life, and yeah. that's named after. Um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember that was any. murdered. Uh, Brent Miller. Brent Miller. No, 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 no not no. Brent Miller. Brent that's the range. Fire range. Yeah, the, uh, Nap. Oh, yeah, Captain Nap. Uh, Brian, Nap. Brian, Brian Nap. Brian Nap. Brian Nap. Uh, killed in the late nineties. He was. They thought Y2K story, was coming, yeah. and they yeah. revolted. And that's another story. But anyway, it's named after him, and you do all your training way right. back there, and then behind that. But it's its own entity again. Is the new death row they that's call right. it, and that's where if you're from Louisiana, you've heard of Derek Todd Lee. If you're mm-hmm. not too young, my yeah. students this year did not know who Derek Todd right. Lee was. I was like, oh, are you kidding? No, oh gosh, no. I was like, Derek Todd Lee was there, y'all, and they're yeah. like, hey, <laughs> oh man, I'm old, right? But um, yeah. So Derek, you know, and I think there was like um, eighty something on in on death row at that time, yeah. um, and they've been there a long time. The one that had been there the longest when I was there had been there since 1983. I was born in 84. The the second longest running is actually from Limson Parish. They killed a little boy in the 80s and left him on the um, um, he and his lover killed and raped a little boy and left him on, on the Amy, uh, Magnolia Beach yeah. Church Way. I did an episode on it on Real Life for Crime. Oh, yeah, I remember. It was uh, fire. Thank you so much for the knowledge of it. Yes. Yeah. Man, I, so I'm a photographic guy, right? Yeah. Everything you're telling, I get gun bumps. Everything you're telling, I can see it, I can smell it, I can feel it. I want the listeners, Jim, want the listeners. We, we, we try to figure out how can we get it out there. And, and you did it for us today. Well, I really appreciate it. I hope I did a good job. Well, I tried. You did, you did so. a great, you did great, a great job. job. So everything we talked about today, other than maybe, you know, possibly being raped or whatever, mm-hmm. the you're giving the painting the picture. Bloody Angola, right? Yeah. Uh, and and you, hopefully that the viewers got that. And and in, now you have many stories, right? Yeah, like got- like some serious shit. Uh, and, yeah, and and some maybe a little bit lighter, some as as worse as you can get. Yeah, and and you're gonna yeah, tell I'll be us willing those. to share any of that. Sure. Yeah. So in an upcoming episode, y'all, uh, we're gonna we're gonna air that the. I would love to have, have her on at least once a season. After we do these episodes, at least once a season. I love uh, it. Uh, a Kelly Jennings episode. Hey, I'm, I'm Chilling down. with KJ. That's Chilling right. Chilling with KJ. <laughs> That's and right. And maybe we can take question, uh, questions and, and, and ask me anything or whatever. Yeah. Those are always great, right? Yeah. So I'm down. But the uh, thank you so much. And, and I loved it. Um, it just brought me back in time, right? So um, when I went to the Training Academy, Brian wasn't dead yet. He got killed like eight years after I was there. Really? So it was something else. 2099, right? Turning 2000. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, All you did today, you're a pistol, and you did so well. Your teacher, you're natural at that episode was fire. But I know, Jim knows, 
the, the Kelly Jennings as the buyer pistol, right? That's and, right. Uh, that's right. So uh, thank you again yeah, thank uh, you. to all the listeners out there. Me and Woody can't thank you enough Wait. for supporting Bloody Angola. Just listening and reviewing and doing all the things y'all do every day, uh, it matters, right, Woody? Uh, it matters so much, y'all. And you, you, the Brent Miller series, you got it. We were actually pre-recorded some uh, uh, in, a, in a row. It just so happens that the, the day we dropped the first Brent Miller episode, Albert Woodfox died. How about that? And I want to say, mm, I want to just be whatever and say it. I want to say, I'm remembering Brent Miller, not Albert Woodfox. Period. But it, thank y'all so much. And uh, Chase team members, we're going to give y'all a shout out now to the members that have already signed yes. up. Uh, real quick, but if, if you're not a Chase team member, you can't afford to be one. Hey, we love you anyway. Thank you so much. Please like, uh, subscribe. Leave us a review. It's huge. But, and you know what? Four weeks. We've been in the top ten in the world, y'all. All four weeks. All four weeks. Just because y'all uh, liking, subscribing, and reviewing. Huge. Huge. It can't, can't even wrap our minds around that one. Right. Uh, just a Thank beautiful thing. So, much. so for our Chase team members, we want to shout out Miss Robin. She's known as Joy, if you see her on Facebook. Yeah, uh, I'll call her Robesy affectionately. <laughs> there you go. She's from Australia. She's fire. Yeah, she's awesome. So thank, thank you. you, Robin. And Charlie Gilbert, you rock. Thank you so much for being a Chase team member. I'm going to actually do the next one because she's a dear friend of mine. Sure. Beth Perry Andrews, you know we love you. And, uh, thank you so much. You've always supported us, and we appreciate it. And Christine Hernandez, an, an OG lifer from and dream team moderator from way way but way back in the day thank you christine mandy oliver you kick ass yes, thank you thank you mandy oh uh cheryl ann reed thank you so much for being a chase team member thank you cheryl Brittany maxwell we appreciate you thank you so much Brittany. you rock christopher demars Thank you so much for being a Chase team member. Thank you, you Christopher. And we hope you enjoy your upcoming bonus episode. And Shane and Tracy McBride. Never heard of them. Yeah. Never <laughs> heard of them. That's just my people, right? My brother and my sister. Uh, thank you all so much. We love you all. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Miss Terry, thank you so much. I don't have your last name because only your first name shows up on Patreon, but love you Sorry, to death. Terry, thank you. you. You know who you are, Terry, and we love you. Thank you for being a Chase team member. Carol Hagan, thank you so much for being a member of the Chase team. Carol Hagan, we love you. Thank you. Mallory Matthews, we appreciate you. Love you. Thank you. Mallory, you rock. Thank you so much. And Jessica Tinsley. Yes. And Kirsten Dahl, both of yes. you. Oh, you know, love you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you. How about Leah Marie? Leah Marie. Shout out. You know okay. we love we you, know Leah. We love you, and, and we know who you are. Thank you so much. Jennifer Jerem Lamley. Always thank been you. there for us. We yes. thank you, and we appreciate you for being a Chase team member. And y'all, all y'all, uh, if you want to become a Chase team member, Jim's going to have that the link to Patreon in the notes, or Patreon, however the hell you say it, in the notes, and Check it out. It, um, we're going to be putting up our first bonus Chase Team episode. It'll be locked up. Huge shout out to Lisa Bork. Yes. For absolutely stepping up and, and, and blessing us uh, 
before the, we even released the first episode. Yeah, so much love for you, Miss Lisa. I know we talk on Facebook all the time through Messenger, and you are the best. Appreciate you so much. You are an original Chase team. An OC. Uh, original <laughs> bloody Angola. OCT. You down with OCT? You down with OCT? Thank you so much, Lisa. We love thank you. you. And thank y'all, everybody. It's going to conclude this episode of Bloody Angola, a prison podcast, 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>